All right, and we are live. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Um, I see somebody has bought Don Francisco coffee, paper plates. I always uh, talk about how much I like this stuff, even though it's uh, not... Hello, cat. <laughs> not incredibly expensive, but I do hope you got the Hawaiian hazelnut, uh, because that's the only stuff I drink. I, I, I think I've tried some other ones, but the Hawaiian hazelnut is the best. I've got it right here, in fact. Um, and guess what else we've got on the show today? Boom. Valeria glowing in the sunshine. And Aston crying in the darkness. No, he's not in the darkness. He's, he's um, right in front of me being a dick. The hell, Aston? Come on, man. Darling. What? Can you turn on the TV so I can see the article? Oh, yeah. Uh, no, the remote is there. You can, you can go. You can go. I'm going to stay here. And focus on the people. Uh, <laughs> let's chat. Let's do it. Hey, listen, um, I had an epiphany today while I was combing my hair. I was combing my hair and I realized I comb my hair almost exactly the same way. Uh, well, I, I should say I comb my hair the same way I've combed my, my whole life. But guess who's taken on in recent years my haircut? One Rachel Maddow. And I would like to say... White men are supposed to be the bad guys, right? Aren't straight white men supposed to be, like, evil and horrible and stuff? Why is Rachel Maddow trying to look like us? She's trying to look like the enemy. I don't get it. It would be like if American troops in World War II all grew a little mustache, like right here. <laughs> it, it does, it's insane. It doesn't make any sense. It do, it's crazy. Like, we're her, her ultimate enemy. No, no, forget troops in World War II. Jews. If Jews grew a little... <laughs> that's, that's probably too, too, going too far. Taking the joke too far. But what, what's Rachel Maddow doing? She hates us. Why is she, why is she combing her hair and getting a haircut like a, a, a white man? A straight white man. It doesn't make any sense. Um, okay, the next thing I wanted to say, I have a little bit of news. Not, not incredible news, but, but interesting news. Charming news. Fun news. So, uh... <clears throat> Sebastian Gorka had me on his show today, uh, which is, that's not really news. I mean, that happens fairly frequently, but uh, I, I posted the link on my Twitter. So if you're, uh, if you're interested in watching that, please do. It was a great uh, segment. One of my favorite segments I've ever shot with him for his radio show. But uh, the reason he had me on the show it was a bit of a surprise. I wasn't expecting this. Um, I recently did a video about how I suspect that perhaps the raid on Giuliani's apartment might have been motivated. The FBI might have been motivated, uh, at least in part, and I think significantly so, maybe to find Nancy Pelosi's laptop, right? Remember Nancy Pelosi's laptop was stolen from the, um, the Capitol building. Aston, come on. What are you doing? Man? Uh, it was stolen from the Capitol building a little while ago. Uh, January 6th, you know, um, and I thought they'd found it. I thought they'd found it, but I found out, uh, because I not, it was it last Wednesday. I think it was last Wednesday, yeah. last Wednesday, they raided a house in Alaska looking for the laptop. It turned out to be the wrong. They were looking for the wrong woman. They had a picture of a woman. They thought was the woman of that house. It wasn't her. They quickly figured that out and were like, Oh, sorry. And ran off. But, of course, she reported it to the media. She said, oh, the FBI raided my house. When I asked them what they were raiding my house for, they said they, they needed to find. They thought I had Nancy Pelosi's laptop. Seriously, Aston, I will mess you up. I will me you not. 
Do not mess with me, cat. Come here. <laughs> She's so much nicer than I am, isn't she? Um, so, uh, uh, so yeah. So anyway, so they they did this raid, and so I real I realized for the first time in months that the FBI still hasn't found the dang laptop, which I thought was pretty crazy. But what was really weird is that on the exact same day, I got the times wrong when I when I reported it in my in my video. But about an hour before they raided the house in Alaska, they raided Giuliani's house, uh, Giuliani's apartment. An hour? A little while before they raided the place in Alaska. But apparently they went and knocked on the place in Alaska first. So they were like attempting to raid both of these places at about the same time. I think that's very suspicious, first of all. Secondly, I, ha I had always made this assumption that if you find evidence of corruption of a Democrat, who do you want to get it to? Rudy Giuliani, right? And what was the warrant for that the FBI had? It was to take all of the computers from, from Rudy Giuliani. They took all of his laptops. So to me, that seemed like a reasonable theory. Uh, but before I made my video, I texted this theory to Sebastian Gorka. And I mentioned in the video that I, I texted a friend that I respect. And Gorka wrote back, that theory is garbage. Don't even go there. <laughs> That was his response to me. And so he was like, don't don't talk about this. Don't tell anybody. This is a terrible theory. Don't." And I'm, I'm thinking about it. The more I thought about it, the more I thought, he's wrong. He's wrong. There's no way. This is, this is a totally reasonable theory. It may not be right. The theory may not be right, but it's not a garbage theory. And so I went ahead and I made my video. And I, and I, I actually mentioned in the video a friend. I didn't say that it was Sebastian Gorka. I said a friend of mine said, don't mention this. Don't do this video. And I'm like, nope, I'm doing it. <laughs> because I think speculation is a good thing, right? I think it's good to think about these things and ask these questions. So I get on Gorka's show, and I'm on the air, and he says, So, Chris, the reason I brought you on my show was because um, I told you not to make this video, and you made it anyway. <laughs> I said, yeah, yeah. I, and I'm just laughing, you know. I, I did not know that was why I was being brought on the show. Uh, and so we had a good laugh about it, but he was a great sport. And he, he actually said, like, he, that he, he agreed with me to some degree. He agreed with me that it's important to ask these questions. You know, as long as we're presenting it to speculation, there isn't any harm in it. We should be asking these questions. Why, are the, why is the FBI doing this? See, I, I'm actually taking a more optimistic view than he is. He's taking the view that everything that the FBI is doing right now with arresting all the January 6th protesters, with raiding Giuliani's house, with raiding this woman in Alaska... It's all for intimidation. They're trying to intimidate Republicans, saying, don't investigate Biden, don't investigate Hunter, don't raid the Capitol, don't do anything bad, obey, submit, be good good little uh, Americans and, 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 and obey the FBI and obey the president. Um, but to me, that's incredibly sinister. That's an authoritarian state that we're dealing with. And, you know, the, 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 the trouble with that is that I think Gorka might be right. You know, I think that this is probably the most, if not the most likely scenario, a very likely scenario. However, it, like to me, the motivation isn't isn't clear enough. Like the, the if the motivation is to make um, conservatives obey them, I don't think the messaging is clear enough. I don't think conservatives feel threatened enough, and also conservatives aren't the type to scare easy. So I don't, I don't, it doesn't make all that much sense. Not, it's not like the FBI, always, everything they do always makes sense. So it's still a very plausible theory. But Valerie's having trouble looking up because it's so bright. The sun's right at her. Sorry about that, sweetie. But um, 
but to me, it makes it, it, as an optimist, I would like to because it would make a lot more sense if they were still looking for the laptop and they made some excuse to raid Giuliani's place to find the lab. If they were if they were really seriously scared about this laptop, thinking it had government secrets on it, then they would they would violate people's civil liberties to find it. I mean, that would make a lot more sense to me. That that would make to me that's what an FBI. That's the kind of discre- um the kind of choice an FBI person who really genuinely was worried about the safety of the country and the security of the country. That's the kind of choice I would expect them to make. I wouldn't expect them to make the choice, let's just harass conservatives until they're terrified of us. Like that doesn't make sense to me. I'm I guess maybe I'm too much of an optimist for that. You guys can yell at me in the comment section. <laughs> but anyway, so I went on Sebastian Gorka's show today and I and, and we had that conversation and uh you know I gotta say it was a lot of fun. It was one of my favorite segments I've ever done. We talked about a lot of different things, a lot of the shows that I'm doing. Um I have a show coming up tomorrow by the way, uh tomorrow morning. I'm trying to put out a show every single day for I think 30 days. I mean that that was the original plan. Now now it's something like 26 because I've gotten Four or five of them out of the way. So, um, it's tomorrow's show. Oh, yeah, that's right. I posted a video already posted, but it's it's not up yet. I mean, it, it's it's on a timer, right? So it'll go up at three in the morning, uh, Pacific time, six in the morning Eastern. And the video is about how. Let's just leave it on. Let's just leave it on. Um, Biden walks kind of funny. Have you noticed Biden walks funny, darling? Have you noticed that Biden walks kind of funny? Yes, you have. <laughs> Good wife. Um, he kind of has this weird Frankenstein walk, right? He, it's almost like he's riding a bicycle, but there's no bicycle there, right? He's just, he, he's, it's weird how he walks. And it's, it seems very intentional. Like the part of his brain that makes walking an automatic function is no longer working properly. And so at first I thought this was my, maybe just a function of old age, but as I was looking into it, it may be a sign of dementia. And I have a lot of evidence to support this, and I have video footage, and I and I post it. I, I think I make a fairly good case for it. Anyway, so that video is posting tomorrow. Uh, so please, when it comes out, uh, watch it and share it with everybody you know. Because this is something I don't think anybody's brought up. I mean, I've never heard anybody talking about this. I mean, everybody obviously talks about how Biden has dementia. But how many people do you hear uh, saying that the walking issue is potentially a sign of that dementia. I've never heard of that theory before, so I think I'm the first to come up with it. <laughs> uh, I'm sure other people have thought of it as well, but I, I've, I've not seen it. I've not seen it. So um, I think it could potentially be a very critical uh, video that could influence a lot of other YouTubers and maybe uh, or, or people in the media. And, uh, and maybe some, some other people could talk about it and we'd get this uh, idea going and, and maybe some neurologists can look into it. Okay, I'm done with that. There is some very important news coming. Darling, do we have any, any news uh, uh, personal stuff? No? No? You, Valeria got a new mirror for the bathroom. She's very excited about this. You guys have no idea. We just got it. She had ordered it the other day. We just got it. I'll be putting it up after the show. Uh, and uh, yeah, so, so Valeria's happy. Um, all right, so I guess with, without further ado, shall we read the first story? Yeah. Oh, no, 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 hold on, hold on. Intro? Let's do the intro. All right, all right. Ladies and gentlemen, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. We, <laughs> this is the least professional show on YouTube. I am toxic. She is masculine. Together, we are toxic masculinity. Toxic masculinity. 
All right, now, without further ado, Valeria, would you please read the first story? Biden and Pelosi prohibited from taking com communion. Communion. What is it? What is communion? Communion is uh, when the Catholics do do mass, and then they have like the uh. the wafer and the and the uh, wine. Um. So yeah, let me let me reiterate that uh, headline for you. Biden and Pelosi prohibited from taking communion. I think that's fantastic. I think that's fantastic because they're pro-choice and the church is not pro-choice. The church is pro-life. And uh, so it only makes sense. It only makes sense. I'm not Catholic. I'm Protestant. But I appreciate what the, uh, what the Catholics are doing here. Uh-oh. Oh, no. What have we got? We've got a bit of a technical disaster. Uh-oh. And Valeria's walked away. All right, there we go. There's the story. And, uh... What, what do you... What, hey, hey, no, 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 no. What, what are you doing? Oh, you're, oh, you're changing that? Okay. What do you mean, why? Why what? All right. So, we'll wait for Valeria to come back. There she is. All right, and... Now, let's go ahead and have a look at this story. Um, so... I was really focused on the other story today. We're only doing two stories, and one of them is a really big story. Just, just murder him. Just murder him. So, uh, so I actually am looking forward to hearing this story as well. Reading it, Flair is aiming her little stuffed animal at Aston. Okay, let's go ahead and uh, and listen to what this Archbishop has to say. If Biden or Pelosi showed up at a mass that you were saying and came to your communion line. Would you be comfortable giving them Holy Communion? That's a good and very pertinent question. I also um, speak in my uh, document about the um, need for conversations to take place between pastors, the bishop or the parish pastor and, and the individual. So they understand the error of their ways. They understand uh, what the teaching of the church is. So that avoids such a situation. I have had such conversations with Speaker Pelosi she knows that I stand by church teaching, and uh, I'm, I know she's respectful enough not to do anything so provocative, so I'm confident that would not happen. In the case of President Biden or any other prominent Catholic, I think what I would do is if I knew that they were coming uh, into the area here and plan to attend Mass, I would try to have those conversations as well ahead of time. All right, so this uh, this guy is basically like they don't get mad, they don't get communion, they don't get communion, which I think is fantastic. Uh, the Catholic Archbishop of San Francisco says in a new interview that President Biden and House Speaker Nancy Pelosi cannot receive communion due to their political support for abortion. Archbishop uh, Salvatore uh, Cordelione told the Daily Caller that his private discussion uh, has that he has privately discussed the issue with Pelosi and that she knows better than to do something so provocative as taking communion. I think that's great. If, if Biden were to visit his archdiocese, he said that he would privately inform the president that he could not be receiving sacramental wine and bread, which Catholics believe uh, becomes the literal body and blo uh, blood and body of Christ. Um, Cordialoni, Cordialoni, Cordialoni said that it's important for uh, church officials to have conversations so individuals understand the error of their ways. They understand. And, okay, let me, let me just say this. Because, all right, we, we saw what, we heard what he had to say. We saw the interview. 
And here's my issue with Biden and Pelosi and all of these um, politicians, especially the Democrats specifically. Um, they get they get away with murder sometimes literally, right? They get away with all kinds of criminal activity, all kinds of um, nefarious behavior. I mean, obviously, Hunter Biden has got away with a ton of stuff. They're just not investigated. They're just not prosecuted. Um, Nancy Pelosi's father used to take bribes. He was the he was the mayor of Baltimore for many many years. Very famous. Um, what was his name? Starts with an A. Can't remember. Um, because obviously Pelosi is her married name. Her her I forget what her uh, her father's name was. Uh, very famous mayor of Baltimore. Anyway. He used to take bribes, right? And one of the men that he that used to bribe him was caught and tried and convicted of bribing the mayor. But the mayor was never tried, never convicted, never investigated, nothing. They never they didn't even touch him. They were just like, oh, he's the mayor, just leave him alone. He was just this corrupt mayor that could just get away with anything. And then Pelosi learned that from him, obviously. Now, Pelosi's never been investigated for anything, even though I've done a whole video on all the, the, the sinister stuff that she's done. But then her son, her son started a company. The whole company um, was brought down by the FBI for fraud. Pretty much every single person in the co company was arrested, tried, and convicted or plea bargained out of uh, this situation because they're all criminals, you know. Guess who was never investigated? Guess who was never arrested? Guess who was never tried? Nancy Pelosi's son, the only person in that whole group of people that were working at that company that that was not. You look very tired. Are you all right? Just the son, like okay, you know. okay, all right. Um, yeah, he was the only one that got away with it scot free. Hunter Biden, same thing. Uh, one of his good friends, he was in a business venture with a good friend of his, turned out to be, and they were working with a uh, a guy that had started a Ponzi scheme. Uh, they had, uh, his buddy is now in prison, I believe. Um, Hunter Biden never investigated, never arrested, nothing. And we know he's done a, a number. He's committed a number of crimes that we have, you know, open and shut case evidence for, right? Open and shut case evidence. And he's never been arrested, never been even looked at, as far as I'm aware, uh, by investigators. And uh, th so there is a completely different standard of justice for Democrat politicians and their families and the rest of America. And certainly, this does not apply to Republicans, or at least not so much. I'm sure occasionally you'll find a Republican who's gotten away with some stuff because they're a politician or something like that. But, uh, like, look at Matt Gates. Matt Gates is being attacked, and, uh, you know, do you remember that case? That, that was, like, a couple weeks ago, and we, it seemed to have just disappeared. But there was this big rumor that, oh, my gosh, Matt Gates is going to go to prison because he's a human trafficker. He's a sex trafficker. Matt Gates, because he drove with some girl across state lines. Matt Gates is like, okay, never happened. I never dated anybody that was underage. You guys are crazy. You know, this will come of nothing. You know, nothing's going to come of this. But the Democrats are just like, this is fact. This totally happened because some people sent us some anonymous rumors. And, you know, the suspicion on the conservative side was that this was just a smear campaign, right? That there was no evidence for this at all, that there were no anonymous sources, that this was just being made up by either politicians to smear Matt Gates or by reporters to smear Matt Gates, and there was nothing there. So, uh, and, and like, look what happened to Trump. So justice seems to work, uh, I wouldn't even say in two different ways. I, I would say it works in three different ways in America. You've got three systems of justice. You've got a system of justice for um, 
Democrats, which is they can get away with anything. You've got a system of justice for ordinary Americans, which is that, mm-hmm. you know, the law applies to us full stop. If we're caught committing a crime, we will be punished for committing that crime. And then there's a system of justice for the enemies of Democrats. If you're an enemy of Democrats, if you protested on January 6th, if you uh, are Rudy Giuliani or Trump or Matt Gates or anybody that stands up to the Democrats, they will hunt you down and they will try to, they will try to tr- uh, arrest you, try you, and convict you of crimes that you did not commit, right? So you will be falsely accused of crimes on the one hand, or you will simply be, um, you know, if you're, you know, there's three systems of government, right? I just laid it out. I think I just laid it out pretty clearly. Anyway, point is, we no longer live in a just system where justice is blind. We live in this bizarre autocracy. Autocracy, is that right? Oligarchy? You okay? <laughs> um, we, we live in a, an authoritarian regime. We live in 1984. We do not live in the free country that we used to, and we have to fight to get it back. Okay. So anyway, I guess, I guess the reason that I bring this up is because I'm just thankful that at least there's one there's one person who's willing to stand up to Pelosi, who's willing to stand up to Biden and say, no, you're not going to get away with your crap. There's not going to be two standards of justice. There's going to be one standard of justice. If a regular Catholic can't take communion, uh, you know, because they are pro-choice, uh, neither can you. Just being a politician isn't going to change things for you just because you have some power and you're an elected official. Uh, you know, you're some kind of corrupt, powerful person. That does not mean that you get to take communion, right? This is the kind of guy who would have gone up to Al Capone and said, no, you can't take communion because you committed the, crime, the sin of murdering people. <laughs> so I like this guy. I like this guy. All right. Shall we? Do you have, do you have anything to say about this? Okay. Sh- let's move on to the next story, darling. Do we just have two stories today? We just have two stories today. Okay. Um, what, what's the name? Hmm. I'm not looking at it. Hold on. Uh, Rand Paul blasts Dr. Fauci for funding Wuhan lab. Thank you, darling. (laughs) No, I want you to do it. Rand Paul blasts Dr. Fauci for funding Wuhan lab. Well, that was that was said with such emotion and grace. (laughs) I got to teach Valeria how to be uh, how to aggressively. Let's do the let's uh, let's have the lesson right now. Rand Paul blasts Dr. Fauci. For funding Wuhan lab. Not going to say that. <laughs> Not going to do it. Okay, all right, fine. Okay, fine. All right, let's have a look at this. So this is, this was on a Tucker Carlson last night. And you haven't, if you haven't seen the Tucker Carlson thing, I highly recommend it. It was thorough. It was, it was, it was brilliant. It was brilliant. Um, but he didn't talk about the uh, Rand Paul thing. He probably he probably did tonight. We don't watch Tucker Carlson until after the show, so I don't know what he's talked about yet. But uh, let's watch Rand Paul. So essentially, what what has been revealed? Uh, it was revealed in a. Shut the fuck up. Sorry, <laughs> I hit him with that pen. Anyway, so um, it was a light pen. Um, so it turns out. This was reported in a Medium article. I think I have it somewhere. There it is. So this is the Medium article. Um, This guy, Nicholas Wade. Now, Nicholas Wade is a longtime science writer. He's written um, in some of the most prestigious uh, journals 
in, in the world nature science and, and, and in the New York Times. Um, he's a very well-respected science writer. And he's gone in and he's done a thorough investigation of what exactly happened with COVID, where it originated. And what he discovered is astonishing. He discovered that, uh, in fact, Dr. Fauci funded the research into probably the uh, lab modified, the human modified COVID virus that then spread around the world, right? Um, now, this is, this is something called, what was this called? This is something called gain of function. Okay, so when you take a virus, a natural, naturally occurring virus, and you modify it so that it can infect human beings, uh, and it, oh, hey, there comes the cat. Hello, cat. <laughs> and you modify it so that it's much more what we call virulent, right, much more effective, then we call that gain-of-function research. So let's have a look at this. The cat will get out of the way. Uh, gain-of-function is the euphemism for biological research aimed at increasing the virulence and lethality of pathogens and viruses. Uh, gain-of-function research is government-funded, it focuses on enhancing the pathogen's ability to infect different species and to increase their deadly impact as airborne pathogens and viruses. Ostensibly, uh, gain-of-function research is conducted for biodefense purposes. These experiments, however, are extremely dangerous. Those deadly science-enhanced pathogens can and do escape into the community where they infect and kill people. What's more, this line of research can be used for biological warfare. Um, and therefore... Therefore, gain-of-function has actually been made illegal in America. You can't actually uh, perform gain-of-function uh, gain research in the United States. Except, it turns out that Dr. Fauci, or somebody else, but probably Dr. Fauci, created a loophole in the, in the, uh, in the guidelines for gain-of-function research, or maybe the law. I'm not even really sure. Uh, I'm not sure exactly what the if it's a guideline or a law or what it is in the country, but there's, there is an exception. And, and we think that Dr. Fauci, according to this research, it looks like probably Dr. Fauci put in this exception. And that is for emergencies, right? If there's an emergency, we need to do this gain-of-function research, we can go ahead and mm -hmm. green light this research. But the weird thing about Dr. Fauci is, well, what he's done is he was actually, he actually greenlit research at the Wuhan lab, he greenlit research, gain-of-function research, so creating essentially weaponized, um, weaponized viruses in China. Like, what a weird thing to do, to, to, to greenlight funding for research into weaponized viruses in an enemy country. I mean, could you be stupider? What, how is this guy... How does he even have the job he's got? I mean, I, if, I wish Trump would have known about this because that guy would have been out instantly. I don't I think Trump quite understood how sinister this guy was. So anyway, so we found this out uh, the other day and Tucker did a big report on it. And so today, um, Rand Paul just went off on Fauci and it was beautiful. It's a little bit of a long video, but I'm going to play it because it is... Ooh, it's what we call delicious. Uh, so let's let's have a look at this, ladies and gentlemen. Dr. Fauci, we don't know whether the pandemic started in a lab in Wuhan or evolved naturally, but we should want to know. Three million people have died from this pandemic, and that should cause us to explore all possibilities. 
Instead, government authorities, self-interested in continuing gain-of-function research, say there's nothing to see here. Gain-of-function research, as you know, is juicing up naturally occurring animal viruses to infect humans. To arrive at the truth, the U.S. government should admit that the Wuhan Virology Institute was experimenting to enhance the coronavirus's ability to infect humans. Juicing up super viruses is not new. Scientists in the U.S. have long known how to mutate animal viruses to infect humans. For years, Dr. Ralph Barrick, a virologist in the U.S., has been collaborating with Dr. Shi Zengli of the Wuhan Virology Institute, sharing his discoveries about how to create super viruses. This gain-of-function research has been funded by the NIH. The collaboration between the U.S. and the Wuhan Virology Institute continues. Doctors Barrick and Shi worked together to insert bat virus spike protein into the backbone of the deadly SARS virus and then used this man-made supervirus to infect human airway cells. Think about that for a moment. The SARS virus had a 15% mortality. We're fighting a pandemic that has about a 1% mortality. Can you imagine if a SARS virus that's been juiced up and had viral proteins added to it, to the spike protein, if that were released accidentally? Dr. Fauci, do you still support funding of the NIH funding of the lab in Wuhan? Senator Paul, with all due respect, you are entire, entirely and completely incorrect that the NIH has not ever and does not now fund gain-of-function research in the Wuhan Institute Do they fund of Dr. Barrick? We do not fund... Do you fund gain, Dr. Barrick's gain-of-function research? Dr. Barrett does not doing gain-of-function research, and if it is, it's according to the guidelines, and it is being conducted in North Carolina, not You don't think inserting in a bat virus spike protein that he got from the Wuhan Institute into the SARS virus is gain-of-function? That is not... You would not, be in the minority because... At least 200 scientists have signed a statement from the Cambridge Working yeah. Group saying that it is gain of function. Well, it is not. And if you look at the grant and you look at the uh, progress reports, it is not gain of function, despite the fact that people tweet that. So do you still support it? sending money to the Wuhan Virology Institute? We do not send money now to the to Wuhan uh, Virology Institute. support sending money? We did, under your tutelage. We were sending it through EcoHealth. It was a sub-agency right. and a sub-grant. Do you support that the money from NIH that was going to the Wuhan Institute? Let me explain to you why that was done. The SARS-CoV-1 originated in bats in China. It would have been irresponsible of us if we did not investigate the bat viruses and the serology to see who might have been or, infected Or perhaps it would be irresponsible China. to send it to the Chinese government that we may not be able to trust with this uh, knowledge and with this uh, incredibly dangerous viruses. Government scientists like yourself who favor gain-of-function research... I don't favor gain-of-function research in China. You are saying naturally. things that are not correct. Government defenders of gain-of-function, such as yourself, say that COVID-19 uh, mutations were random and not designed by man. But interestingly, the technique that Dr. Barrick developed forces mutations by serial passage through cell culture that the mutations appear to be natural. 
In fact, Dr. Barrick named the technique the noceum technique because the mutations appear naturally. Nicholas Baker in the New York Magazine said, nobody would know if the virus had been fabricated in a laboratory or grown in nature. Government authorities in the U.S., including yourself, unequivocally deny that COVID-19 could have escaped a lab. But even Dr. Xi in Wuhan wasn't so sure. According to Nicholas Baker, Dr. Xi wondered, could this new virus have come from her own laboratory? She checked her records frantically and found no matches. That really took a load off my mind, she said. I had not slept for days. The director of the gain-of-function research in Wuhan couldn't sleep because she was terrified that it might be in her lab. Dr. Barrick, an advocate of -of gain-of-function research, admits the main problem that the Institute of Virology has is the outbreak occurred in close proximity. What are the odds? Barrick responded, could you rule out a laboratory escape? The answer in this case is probably not. Will you in front of this group categorically say that the COVID-19 could not have occurred through serial passage in a laboratory? I do not have any accounting of what the Chinese may have done, and I'm fully in favor of any further investigation of what went on in China. However, I will repeat again, the NIH and NIAID categorically has not funded gain-of-function research to be conducted in the Wuhan Institute of Virology. You support it in the U.S. We have 11 labs doing it, and you have allowed it here. We have a committee to do it, but the committee has granted every exemption. You're you're fooling with Mother Nature here. You're allowing super viruses to be created with a 15% mortality. It's very dangerous. I think it was a huge mistake to share this with China, and it's a huge mistake to allow this to continue in the United States. And we should be very careful to investigate where this virus came from. I fully agree that you should investigate where the virus came from. But again, we have not funded gain-of-function research on this virus in the Wuhan Institute of Virology, no matter you're how parsing many times words, you're parsing you say words. it, there it was didn't research. Happen. There was research done with Dr. Xi and Dr. Barrick. They have collaborated on gain-of-function research where they enhanced the SARS virus to infect human airway cells, and they did it by merging a new spike protein on it. That is gain-of-function. That was joint research between the Wuhan Institute and Dr. Barrick. You can't deny it. Senator Paul, your time, time has expired. Dr. I love Rand Paul. I love Rand Paul. Um, yeah, so Dr. Fauci, lying. Just blatantly lying. And it's obvious too. He's like he's like you know, and one thing I hate his accent. You know, I've met I know people from Long Island, right? I don't I don't just default hate the Long Island accent, but I hate it when he uses it. I mean, maybe I'm wrong, maybe it's not a Long Island. It sounds like Rand Paul's like, look, you know. What are you doing here? Why, why did you support this? We did not do anything like that. We didn't do anything like that. It's not like that. We didn't do that. We didn't do that. And the guy's like, okay. Uh, but, you know, you funded experiments in this lab. You know, you, he's like, no, we didn't. No, we didn't. Yeah, you did. Because it went through this guy and then it went through here. And, and you know, it went over to the one lab. Okay, well, let me explain why I did that. Let me explain why I did that. Oh, I mean, I almost called him Nancy Pelosi. Uh, Dr. Fauci is such an annoying prick. He reminds me of a rat. He, he looks like a rat, doesn't he? He looks like a rat because, I mean, in like some cartoon yeah. character, 
Yeah. Like a mouse or a rat. Yeah, there's a lot of rats in New York, and he's one of them. <laughs> he's like a super rat. <laughs> he's, a, he's a mutated rat, probably because of some kind of virus. I'm Dr. Fauci, I'm a rat. <laughs> anyway, anyway, if I, if I ever put him into my cartoon, which I'm still trying to make, by the way, um, I'm just going to use uh, a cartoon rat, and I'm going to make it Dr. Fauci. Because he does. He looks like a rat. I love that idea. Okay. Um, all right. So wh- what I wanted to discuss now was um, basically all the stuff that Tucker Carlson covered. Um, I wanted to kind of get into it. So this is, not that, this is the Medium article that started this whole thing off, which is an absolutely beautiful article. And this guy did such a good job. This is the this is the most important bit, the, the last part here. This is written by Nicholas Wade. If you want to see it, it's Nicholas Wade at medium.com. Um, one thing that was, by the way, one, one thing that is um, really concerning about this, this should be front page news on every newspaper in America. This should be the, the top of CNN. This should be the top of MSNBC. But look at this. Look at this. I, if you do a search, Nicholas Wade Fauci COVID, can you guys see that? Oh, you guys can't see that. Well, how am I going to how am I going to fix it? Oh, I, I got an idea. Boop. Okay, there you go. <laughs> Maybe I'll put, put myself next to the wife there. Okay, there you go. So if you look at, uh, if you go to, I, I use Come Bing. Back. I use Bing because I think Google's evil. You know, I don't, I don't know if Bing's that much better. But uh, I was trying to use DuckDuckGo for a while, but one, I didn't like it. And two, apparently they, they're, they're just as bad as everybody else now. So yeah, I'm using Bing. And uh, I did a little search. And look how many of the major news networks are covering the story. None. It's only Tucker Carlson and then some conservative places. Uh, the Wall Street Journal has an opinion article about this. So we've got Tucker Carlson, the Wall Street Journal, and then what do we got? BizPack Review? I don't even know what that is. Um, we have Nicholas Wade's Medium article, the original article. Um, there's the Wall Street Journal one. There's Fox News. And then BizPack Review, Mediate. National Review, National Review is covering it. That's good, even though National Review is like a establishment, you know, never Trump or degenerate conservatives, but whatever. Uh, let's see here. The Bulletin, We Love Trump, the uh, Spectator.com, that's from Australia, and Reddit. Uh, I, I don't know how far you'd have to go to find any leftist organizations. Um, so now, Emmett, uh, this is from the Microsoft Network. Um, I don't know if they've copied this from somewhere or where, where they got this, but that looks like that they've, they've covered it, which is great. Uh, good job. MSN, <laughs> uh, document truth, the burning platform, green jihad, the right scoop, uh, again, Fox news, real clear politics. They're probably, um, saying it's not true. Uh, who knows? Uh, let's see. Reddit again, Twitter, Washington examiner looked into it. Okay. Uh, Spectator, again, Australia. Uh, we love Trump, the Bulletin. So it's not like you're not finding this on CNN. You're not finding this on NBC. You're not finding this on ABC. I mean, this is just like the Hunter Biden laptop story all over again. It's like, this is legitimate news, people. This is huge, huge news. Huge. And they're just like, huge. And they're just like, uh, nope, not interested. Nope. Oh, Dr. Fauci turns out that he uh, he signed off on the funding for the uh, Wuhan lab that uh, from which the virus escaped. And was probably um, manipulated by uh, scientists and turned into a weaponized virus. Ah, we don't want to cover that. Who would want to cover that? That's boring. That's boring. Nobody wants to cover that. 
So yes, you don't hear about it unless you watch. And and I was talking about uh, this with somebody the other day because I was frustrated. I'm like, how do you convince these leftists uh, that they've been lied to all this time? Because it's I think it's very weird that if you're a Democrat and you're watching CNN and you hear okay Russian hoax and you're or you know Russian hoax uh, Russian collusion and then you find out oh that's not true actually CNN's been lying to me. Um, okay, well they made a mistake. It's fine. And then you hear Ukraine. Uh, Ukraine uh, uh, thing, you know, the whole Ukraine phone call. And then they find out later, okay, yeah, well, maybe actually that wasn't, because maybe Biden really was doing that and maybe Trump isn't. And they're like, they're like, okay, well, maybe that was a mistake too. Let's move on to the next one. Okay, uh, Justice Smollett. Oh my God, look what they did to Justice. Oh, that was a hoax. Okay, all right. Well, that was also just a mistake, clearly. Okay, let's move on to the next one. Um, and they just they just keep being lied to, right? And now they're being told that, that, uh, uh, white supremacists are beating up Asians because Trump called the the uh, coronavirus the China virus. And so now all these white supremacists are beating up Asians. Of course, every video that they see is of black men beating up Asians. And all of these Democrats are just like, oh, I'm just going to keep watching CNN and voting for Nancy Pelosi. It's like, at what point do you start to realize I'm being lied to? They're lying to me. They don't like me. They don't respect me. They don't care about me. They don't care about the country. They just want power. They, they just want to have a voting pool that is manipulated, right? I mean, when did Democrats, like, wake up and figure out they're manipulating you? And what, it, what occurred to me was that they do hear that, okay, that the Russian collusion thing was wrong. They do hear that the Ukraine thing was wrong. They do hear that the white supremacist thing is wrong. They do hear about all this stuff, but they don't believe it's wrong. They continue to believe it's true. And that, that's for a couple of reasons. For one thing, I, I, for, I think that they want to believe it, first of all. So I think it would take some pretty hard evidence for them to accept that, that they've been tricked. Um, and some of them would never believe that they've been tricked because they just want to believe it so badly. <laughs> another, another problem is that a lot of these people, they don't get the best evidence proving that this stuff is wrong. It just kind of goes away. And they might have heard vaguely somewhere that, that, that this was... I think you can change your picture position back. Oh, oh, am I out? Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. Thank you, darling. Um, I, so I, I do think that they hear a little bit like whispers that they've Chris, been lied to. Even if Pelosi herself, before <laughs> she dies, says, I, 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 the whole thing, I've been lying to you constantly. I don't give a crap about you. You're a little, all a bunch of losers who voted for us yeah. and stuff like this. They, they will never. So, well, there are some, you're right. There are some who will still accept, believe that Nancy Pelosi is some kind of like perfect angel and, and everything that she's ever done and said it was correct. But... Um, the other reason I think is just because they don't have access to all the information. You know, it's very rare. That Are they CNN... even trying to access any information? Huh? They, I don't think they're even trying to access. No, no, no. They, they don't watch. They, that's the point is they don't watch conservative media. They only watch the leftist crap that's lying to them. So do you think that people are lying to them are going to make a very clear and straightforward point about having misled their own audience? Of course not. So CNN, MSNBC, The New York Times, these people don't, they may print a small retraction buried in their coverage somewhere, 
But they don't come out and say, look, listen, we need to explain something to you guys. The whole Russian collusion thing was false, and let's go over why it was false, and let's go over why we were wrong about all this stuff. They never do anything like that. They'll just say, they'll just move on to the next hoax, and they leave you sort of lingering in, in, in confusion about the previous one. And so these leftists, they're constantly being lied to. And then you have something like the Hunter Biden laptop story, which they, they just bury that story. They don't even talk to people about it. And you have something like this, which I think is even more consequential, at least um, in terms of public policy. And just Democrat voters are never going to hear about this. Like my uncle, uh, I have an uncle who's a Democrat. And he talks to me about this stuff sometimes. And I get frustrated with him because he, 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 doesn't, he does not allow himself to access the conservative material that I have access to because he does, he, he thinks that it's all a bunch of lies, right? And so a story like this, like if I'm talking to him about this, he'll he'll probably have never heard of it. He'll probably have never heard of the story, never heard anything about it. And it's it's incredibly frustrating. And and if you mention it, he'll say, Oh, well that was that was broadcast on Tucker Carlson, so it's probably a lie. That's probably false. I'm not gonna believe it. And there's just so many leftists who just hear, oh, oh, it, what source did it come from? It came from a conservative source, we're not gonna believe it. And so you you really do need CNN, MSNBC, NBC, New York Times, you need all these companies to cover this stuff otherwise people don't get it and what are they doing they're not covering it they're covering it up instead and it's terrible but anyway let me read uh the last part of this uh, medium article uh just this just this last part not the conclusion but the last the part four here incredibly important stuff incredibly important stuff the u.s role in funding the wuhan institute of virology from june uh, 2014 to May 2019, Dr. Zazek, EcoHealth. So this is one of the guys who had an interest in this research and who could be implicated, who could be blamed potentially for the COVID vaccine, uh, COVID virus, COVID vaccine, the COVID virus uh, spreading and escaping out of the lab. And so he has an interest in covering this up. And Fauci too has an interest in covering this up. Um, so let's have a look at this. Uh, from June uh, 2014 to May 2019, Dr. Zazek's EcoHealth Alliance had a grant from the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, part of the National Institute of Health, to do gain-of-function research with coronaviruses at the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Whether or not SARS-2 is the product of that research, it seems a questionable policy to farm out high-risk uh, high research to unsafe foreign labs using minimal safety precautions, because that lab did not was not a safe lab, uh, and they're doing some of the most dangerous research on Earth in, it, in a lab that doesn't really have adequate safety precautions. And if the SARS-2 virus did indeed escape from the Wuhan Institute, then the NIH will find itself in a terrible position of having funded a disastrous experiment that led to the death of more than 3 million worldwide, including more than half a million of its own citizens. The responsibility of the NIAID and the NIH is even more acute because for the first three years, by the way, this is beautifully written. This is beautifully, this guy is a very good writer. He's probably a Democrat, right? He's worked for the New York Times. He's a science writer. I imagine he's probably an atheist. He's probably a Democrat. But credit where credit's, credit's due, incredible writing. <laughs> uh, let's see here. It's even more acute because of the first three years of the grant uh, to Eco Health Alliance, there was a moratorium on funding gain-of-function research, right? Uh, okay, so I said earlier that it was illegal to do, uh, to do in America. It's not actually illegal. There's a kind of a panel now. But at the time that it was being funded, it was illegal. That's, that's what I should have said. I, I kind of made a mistake there. Um, now, why didn't the two agencies therefore halt the federal funding as apparently required by, uh, to do so by law? Because somebody wrote a loophole into the moratorium. This is what I was talking about earlier. 
The moratorium specifically barred funding any gain of research, uh, any gain of function research that increased the pathology of the flu, MERS, or SARS viruses. But then a footnote on page two of the moratorium document stated that an exception from the research pause may be obtained if the head of the USG funding agency determines that that research is urgent, uh, urgently necessary to protect, protect the public health or national security. This seems to mean that either the director of the NIAID, Dr. Anthony Fauci, or the director of the NIH, Dr. Francis Collins, or maybe both, would have invoked the footnote in order to keep the money flowing to Dr. Xi's gain-of-function research. They wanted to keep funding the lab that ended up producing the COVID virus. Unfortunately, NIAID director and the NIH director exploited this loophole to issue exemptions to projects subject to the pause, um, preposterously asserting that the exempted research was urgently necessary to protect public health or national security, thereby nullifying the pause. Uh, Dr. Richard Ebright said the interview uh, said in an interview with the Independent Science News, "It's really ironic, isn't it, that they funded this research on on the basis of the, this idea that it was a national emergency, right? Urgently necessary, national national security, right?" We need to protect our, our, our people from a pandemic. And that research in itself caused the pandemic. And again, this is, this is speculative. This is, this, is, uh, we're, you know, this is all circumstantial evidence. But it's overwhelming evidence. Overwhelming evidence. And this guy is a very well-respected uh, investigative reporter. So th this, is, this is the guy that you want to you go to uh, if you want to find out this stuff. I mean, he's like the best of the best. So this, this is the guy that we rely on, apparently, according to Tucker Carlson, anyway. <laughs> Let's see here. Uh, when the moratorium was ended in 2017, it didn't just vanish, but it was replaced by a reporting system, the Potential Pandemic Pathogens Control and Oversight Framework, which required agencies to report, uh, report for review any dangerous gain-of-function work they wished to, to fund. According to Dr. Ebright, both... Dr. Collins and Dr. Fauci have declined to flag and forward proposals for risk-benefit review, therefore nullifying the P3CO framework. So basically, if there's any possible uh, dangerous gain-of-function research that, that needs to be uh, authorized by the federal government, and you know this could be a dangerous, dangerous research, they send it to these guys, and these guys have to review it and determine whether or not they should allow it or not. And you would expect something this dangerous for them to flag and then them to deny a lot of research into this. They've flagged and denied zero. They've never they've never flagged anything. So it, you know it's it's as if there is no review panel essentially. Um, in this view, the two officials in dealing with the moratorium and the ensuing reporting problem uh, reporting system have systematically thwarted efforts by the White House, the Congress, scientists, and science policy specialists to regulate gain-of-function research of concern. Uh, possibly, the two officials had to take into account matters not evident in the public record, such as issues of national security. Perhaps the funding of the Wuhan Institute of Virology, which is believed to have ties with the Chinese military virologists, provided a window into Chinese biological warfare research. But whatever other considerations may have been involved, the bottom line is that the National Institutes of Health uh, was supporting gain-of-function research of a kind that could have generated the SARS-2 virus in an unsupervised foreign lab that was doing work in BSL-2 biosafety conditions. Um, I'm guessing that is um, 
My wife literally just texted me, I'm hungry. Thank you for interrupting me by saying I'm hungry. This is the stuff i got to deal with, ladies and gentlemen. Let's see here. Um, yeah, an unsafe lab. They were in an unsafe lab is what that means. Um, the, the prudence of this decision can be questioned whether or not SARS-2 and the death of 3 million people was the result of it. So this guy isn't saying that for sure we know 100% that SARS-2 was uh, a virus that was manufactured by these uh, researchers. Uh, we don't know 100% sure um, if, that, if that's where it came from and if it escaped from that lab, but it looks very likely. Um, but even if it wasn't, what the hell was the American government doing funding gain-of-function research in flippin' China? That's crazy. That's crazy. And so he's saying this was highly irresponsible. This is a terrible decision. Uh, Fauci is an incredibly uh, irresponsible person. He's not the kind of person that should have the position that he holds. And I agree with him wholeheartedly. And this is why we only did two stories today, because this is so critically important. I know probably many of you saw this on Tucker Carlson already. Um, but if you haven't, you should probably watch it. It's fantastic. Anyway, uh, darling, do you have anything to say? No. Okay, so we can move on then <laughs> to questions and comments. What do you guys have to say about this? Anything? Anything at all? Uh, if not, um, we can always just talk about our upcoming trip to Hawaii. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, let me know what you guys have to say. I don't know why, why Valeria's response to that was literally nothing. Did you? Were you even listening to me? Of course. Okay. Yes. Okay, okay. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's... Uh, Let's see what you guys have to say. Uh, is there any questions and comments, darling? I have three super chats. Oh, three super chats. You, we get a lot more super chats when you're here. <laughs> when it's just me, we don't get any. Do you want me to read the first one? Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, from Patreon, Daniel. Uh-huh. Why are the controls to an oil pipeline or any key infrastructure for that matter online? This was one of the side plots to the movie Live Free or Die Hard. What in the actual... Live Free or Die Hard. That's funny. What the actual F, he says. Um, I like the amount of money he gave us. 1776. <laughs> yeah. If you ever want to comment on, on my thing, please give us 1776. That's great. Um, no, i You obviously don't have to give us money. But, but I, I, I thought that was clever. Uh, yeah, that is a weird thing, right? Why would you have... Your computers that that control something so critical, such critical American infrastructure connected to the internet and invulnerable to hackers. I it's it's weird. I mean, I guess the guys who control the pipeline need to access their porn like everybody else. <laughs> Valeria. Yes. I, I need I need a charitable laugh. There you go. That's it. That's what I'm looking for. What a great wife she is. Did you even hear what I said? No. I was reading next super chat, so I will mess that up. Uh, he's asking why the computers that control the pipeline that were hacked, why were they even connected to the internet? <laughs> and I said, I guess the control... that I don't need a charitable laugh from the question. I need a charitable laugh from my hilarious response. I said, I guess the engineers who control the pipeline need to access porn like everybody else. No. Oh, gosh. Okay. Charitable laugh. Charitable laugh. When I point at you, charitable laugh. Okay. The engineers who control the pipeline need to access their porn like everybody else. To satisfy oh, their... Oh, my God. To satisfy their pipelines. 
it's called Glimmer, to satisfy their pipelines. All right. She's never going to... Oh, she'll laugh at her own joke. She'll laugh at her own joke. Good Lord. Um, and Steve C says, Fauci is COVID's daddy. Kind of, yeah, or grandfather. Um, let's have a look here. Um, you want to read the next one or do you want me to do it? Um, you can read it. Scott Townsend writes, excuse me, awesome people, people of chat, please don't forget to like the live. Let them know he's awesome by smashing that like button. Thank you, Scott. It's like six likes and 116 watching now. Like, what? No, no, 65 likes. I don't, what? I have six. Uh, 65. Why do I have six? We've had only 700 views on this video. Usually we get uh, over a thousand, so I don't know why it's been so few. It's kind of funny. Um, but I will say this. I will say this. It's okay. It's okay. Um, but I respect uh, Scott. Uh, thank you very much for saying that, my friend. And, uh, you know, not, every day is not going to be a big day for us. Some days we're going to have fewer viewers. And someday we're gonna have, some days we're going to have more viewers. But when we go to Hawaii, hopefully we'll ramp up the number of views because we'll be in a beautiful tropical paradise. We're going to go to Hawaii for all of July, I think, right? That's the plan. And then we're going to broadcast from there. Are we? Um, yeah. We, we, what do you mean, are we? So no break for me from work? Well, we'll see. I mean, we'll see how it goes. But but yeah, that's the, that's the plan. Um, okay, so let's see. Like day... I'm trying to escape from my other two jobs to have a break, <laughs> yes, and then I'm going to have another two jobs in Hawaii. All right, let's see here. So Dr. Uh, Daniel J. Corica writes, Paul equals actual doctor, Fauci equals TV doctor, and not a good one. He looks like the doctor that the law and order police would be taking talking uh talking to about illegal activity. <laughs> he does look like a character in in a TV show that's be, that's going to prison for medical malpractice. That's what he looks like. Um that's a that's a really good point. Uh Daniel Corka says, "Hey, I'm from Long Island. We don't sound like him." Uh but is he not he does kind of sound he's got like a is his accent's hard to place cuz he also has a kind of an annoying just an annoying voice generally. Um, but it does sound Long Islandish to me, but maybe I'm wrong. Where do you, where do you think he's from, Daniel? I'm curious where you think he's from. Um, because I didn't look it up. Frank James writes, will you, or more importantly, Valeria be wearing a bikini? <laughs> well, I will definitely be wearing a bikini. I imagine Valeria will be wearing a bikini, but also one of those sort of like silk white kimono looking things. She likes the kind of girly looking stuff. Am I wrong? I don't know. We'll see. For for a lot of the time, we will be wearing uh, snorkeling stuff. We may go scuba diving. We may go scuba diving. My friend um, Dunya is uh, she's certified scuba driver. She used to teach it, I think. I mean, she's she's been scuba diving all over the world. She's like, she's from Switzerland. She's like, Chris, you have to go scuba diving. If you are not scuba diving, you are missing out. This is the greatest experience of your life. You have to do it. So I think we have to go scuba diving. Do you hear me? Yep. Uh, a little bit of interaction for the people would be nice. Yeah, we can go scuba diving. Instead of just texting or whatever the hell you're doing. You know, a little bit of engagement. Okay. All right. Good God. It's it's like herding cats dealing with her. Okay, let's see here. Uh, Dan Sedlock. Hey, Dan Sedlock. He writes, the script you shared yesterday on yesterday's shows about billionaires transferring into the minds of younger bodies sounds like the movie Selfless starring Ryan Reynolds. Also, you you both are great. You know what's funny about that, Daniel? Uh, Dan, sorry. Dan Sedlock. I actually pitched this script to uh, 
to Ryan Reynolds production company. I happen to know his best friend, weirdly, out here in L.A. He's one of the few people who will listen to me pitch because uh, I know him personally, first of all. And secondly, because um, I did pitch him once and he went great. Hey, Aston. Hey, buddy. Didn't you miss the one super chat? Maybe. You want to read it? Can, can, you I, can, I, can I finish talking about this first? Yeah. So, um, can you just... There you go. So anyway, uh, so I pitched this guy uh, a TV show once, and he absolutely loved He thought it was like the greatest show he'd ever heard of. Uh, in fact, when I pitched to him, he said, so just so you guys know, cable, if you get a show on cable, that's great. But if you get a show on a network like NBC, ABC, CBS, or Fox, uh, not Fox News, but Fox Network, um, <laughs> that is, um, that's a much bigger deal. Right. Um, so like for a, a, a regular cable network, you might get probably a million dollars an episode, maybe less. But for a network show, you probably get over a million dollars. Right. So, you know, maybe even several million dollars per episode, depending on what network it is and what your time slot is and all that kind of stuff. So you get paid a lot more for network shows. And the guy goes, uh, what, what do you think this is going to be on? What, what, where do you see this uh, show airing? And I said, uh, Oh, probably. I don't know. I mean, like you could put it on the sci-fi network or something. I'm sure you could, you could find a play. I know you have deals with some of these people. He goes, no, this is going on NBC. We're putting on this on NBC. I was like, all right, let's do it. You know, like we were all totally psyched to do this. And then the network wouldn't even look at it. I mean, the people wouldn't even look at the script. It was weird. Like they, they were just like, nope, we don't want to work with you with, with this guy. We're not. Gonna, I don't know. They didn't, I, I think maybe because I was a nobody and they didn't know who I was. And they're like, I don't know. But for whatever reason, it didn't go anywhere. It was very frustrating. Um, that was not my billionaire TV show. That, it was a different show. But I also pitched them this show. And I'd actually, you know, it, it was weird. He, I, I didn't know about this selfless movie. I didn't know about this selfless movie. But it had already come out. It was already a movie that was out. Uh, for, I think like a year before or something like that. And so this guy's like, um, yeah, Ryan already did that movie. <laughs> And I'm like, what? And he's like, yeah, we, he did a movie just like that. And so I went ahead and I watched. I'm like, crap. Aston, what the hell's wrong with you? Can you just murder him, please? I'm like, I'm like, oh, man, that's really close. Now, the, the, the story is totally different, right? The story is totally different. Um, but the concept of somebody's sort of mind and soul being transferred from an older person into a younger person, that, that part of the, the story was identical and so I'm like, I'm pitching to Ryan Reynolds' guy almost the, exactly the same premise, or at least the, the beginning part of the, the story, of a movie he literally just did. <laughs> uh, a movie that Ryan Reynolds just did. And uh, I just thought, wow, that, that I, I feel like an idiot now. It was really one of those really weird coincidences. Really weird. But, uh, and that kind of stuff happens, you know. Um, yeah, I don't even... The way that I came about that story um, was actually a, a fairly interesting uh, thing. And, and, and I, I don't know how they came up with their story, but it is weird. It's, it was a weird coincidence. He probably thought, and actually when I got off the phone, I was really upset because I thought, he's going to think I watched that movie, and that's why how I came up with this story, which is not true at all. But anyway, that kind of crap happens from time to time. 
Uh, Daniel J. Corica says, yay, kitty. Here's some cat food money. Thank you, Daniel. You, I, I, I don't know. I think you missed one super chat before the... Well, read it. Read it. It's... Can you scroll up? Because... All right. The, twi the super chat's from Daniel. It's hard for me to read. Okay. Daniel J. Corica. Yeah, I read it. Okay. That's all I need to know. <laughs> doctor. He said that it looks like a doctor that would have got arrested on Law & Order. Remember? Like, okay. you got to pay attention. It's hard. It's hard. It's hard. It's hard. Okay. All right. Well, let's read some more of this stuff. Jeff Beal says, I'm happy to see you and Valeria and Aston both out of the dungeon. <laughs> yeah, I keep... Yeah, when Valeria's too loud, I put her in the bathroom as well, and I, I lock her in there. Um, all right. So they stole the story or no? Jesus is God asked if they stole the story or no. No, they didn't steal the story from me. They had actually produced their movie long before I pitched my script. Um, so I, I just didn't even know about that movie. Um, it, is, it is very likely that the show... What was that show with the devil? Lucifer. Lucifer. It's, it's, it's incredibly likely they stole the, the, the show Lucifer from me. Because Lucifer was one of the only other shows that anybody ever read that I pitched. I pitched it to NBC. Oh, no. I pitched it to Fox. I had a lawyer who... I had written this show called Satan, which is like a funny show. And the, my lawyer sent it to Fox. It was one of the only scripts that I ever got read by producers. And they passed on it. And then a little while later... Stop your stories, Valeria says. No, I will not stop my stories. But thank you for interrupting my story to say that, annoyingly. People are commenting about my stories. So, my script got sent to Fox, and then... Here's the piss off. You want to come up here? Come up here. Stop whining. Stop, stop crying. So, so uh, we sent the script to Fox, and a few months later, I was working as a valet. I was actually working as a valet. And a few weeks later, they... Um, one of the valets who I talked about the show with came up to me. They go, hey, Chris, uh, who, who did you send that script to? You said you sent that script to a producer. And I was like, yeah, we sent it to Fox. And they're like, dude, Fox is making your show. Like, what are you talking about? He goes, yeah, I was driving down the street and I saw this production. I asked the guy what they were shooting and he explained the plot to me. And he goes, it's your script. And I called my lawyer and we freaked out and she was all ready to sue them and everything. Uh, and I looked into it, and it turns out that Lucifer was a comic, a comic book that was written by a guy named Neil Gaiman. Neil Gaiman is a very famous comic book writer. And so um, Fox had this property, and they had been wanting to produce it as a TV show for a long time. Um, but for whatever reason, they hadn't been able to figure out how to do it. And then in some kind of bizarre coincidence, a couple months after they get my script they suddenly magically figure out how to make that show, right? And it's essentially the same plot. Um, it's, a, it's a bit different, but uh, the concept is simply that uh, Satan gets bored with hell, and so he decides to move to L.A. and live life as just like a normal human in L.A. My show was just a pure comedy. It was just basically Satan um, just like messing around, trying to trick people into doing bad things so that he could take their soul, but then they keep convincing him to do nice things and be like a nicer person, which really frustrates him. Um, so to me, that, that was kind of like a funny idea. And I don't think Neil Gaiman's um, Lucifer was like, like a super funny comic. I think he does add comedy to his stuff. But uh, 
but the, the the show the show Lucifer ended up being a um, a much funnier show I think than the original material and I think that was because they just basically took my script and went with it and I even had a reference to a particular song that I thought should play at the beginning of the show and that was the first song they played on the show so they just stole a bunch of my stuff and I'm like why don't you guys just hire me to write this freaking show like I, I don't know it kind of pissed me off but anyway there's been a few things that that me and my writing partner have been like, who did we send this to? Because it's stuff that ended up on the screen. But a lot of this stuff may just be coincidence. But, you know, when you send a script to somebody and then they, they produce something very similar right afterwards, you know, and they've responded to you and said that they've read it and they're passing on it, I think that that indicates that probably they're either copying your stuff or using it at least to some degree as inspiration. So, anyway... That was frustrating. You know, obviously we can't sue them or anything because they were using original material that was just very similar to ours uh, and it just inspired them to do the show. But, um, yeah, but, but uh, yeah, but the, um, the Ryan Reynolds thing, that wasn't, they didn't copy me. I didn't copy them. That was just a weird, uh, like, parallel thinking. We were just kind of coming up with the same stuff at the same time. Frank James says, did you read the Devil comic and then forget that you did and then write it as your own story? Yeah, that's something that other people have... Um, mentioned they've claimed that uh no i never read that story i didn't even know what was really weird about that is um the reason i figured out that it was a neil gaiman story is that i I have a friend who's a big fan of neil gaiman sandman comics uh so i knew the name neil gaiman uh and i i looked up on imdb the production lucifer and i saw that that neil gaiman was in the in the writing credits i was like oh i know that name so i I actually couldn't find the I couldn't find even a record of that comic because I don't think it was a particularly well known comic. I, I I didn't collect comics as a kid. I wasn't a comic book guy, but I wrote my friend and she looked it up and she found it and she sent it to me and that's how I found out about it. Uh, that's the first time I'd ever even heard of that comic. Um, Neil Gaiman's version is is a lot different than mine in many many ways. Um, but we both the the basic premise that Satan gets bored with hell and moves to L.A. is identical. Um, Neil Gaiman's original story, I think Satan moved to Australia originally, um, and then and then eventually he finds himself in L.A. and he starts like a nightclub or something like that. Um, in my comic, he moves into a, um, a, just moves into, at first he doesn't even have an apartment, he's just kind of wandering around, meeting up with people. In my, in my version, in my show, in the show that I had written, he's friends with like um, Kanye, and he's friends with all these uh, famous people. And we find out throughout the show that the reason he's friends with all these people is because they all sold their soul to him. So, like, there's all these famous people that sold their soul to him. And so he's kind of friends with all of them. And L.A. is, like, uh, a good place for him to live because all of his friends are there, right? All the people that sold their soul to him. So he knows all these famous people. And uh, mainly the story is about him and this girl that hang out together. And she's, like, such a good person that... uh, it kind of stops him from being bad, which he finds really annoying, but he likes her, so he, he kind of... Anyway, my story is very different. It's it's really nothing like a Neil Gaiman story, but again, that very that but it's it's another thing where it's just like parallel thinking where we both his story was written his comic book was written I think something like it's like 1994 or something like that, so a long time before I came up with it. Um, but no, I had no knowledge of it. There there was no like unconscious copying going on. I know p- people will think that, but I know how I thought of that comic was. Well, I, I'm not going to go into it, but I had, a, I had a very specific process to come up with that 
comic. It was actually inspired by other ideas that I had at the time. Um, but the, ma- the, main, the main reason I came up with that idea was because I needed to be able to do something that could be produced uh, for, for basically for nothing, for no money. Um, and I knew how to do certain kind of special effects, and it would be very easy for me to just basically produce um, a show in which... Because I was originally going to do it as a web series, and then, uh, and then I thought... And then uh, the script is so good, we were like, well, let's just do it as a TV show. Are you getting bored? I'm hungry. You're hungry. Okay, guys. She's hungry. All right, fine. People are, people are giving me money to end the show. All right, we'll end the show. I'll stop talking about my glory days uh, of failing constantly in L.A., trying to pitch TV shows and movies and stuff like that. Nobody reading my stuff. It's Elena, by the way. Huh? It's Elena, by the way. It's Elena? Elena! <laughs> Elena's giving me money to, so that Valeria can eat. That's not funny. That's not funny. Harry writes, your story sounds exactly like the show, though. Yeah, I mean, I do think they took a lot of inspiration from my script. Um, I don't know what you're going to do. They're very, they're very protective of themselves in, in, in L.A., the writing, the writing folks. So, like, it's very hard to get a writer to help you to push your stuff in Hollywood. They, they'll usually, um, most people, they want to keep out. Uh, they don't want to bring anybody new in because that jeopardizes their own success. And uh, I found it very difficult to get writers to help me to move forward. You can get help if you're a woman, especially if you're an attractive woman, uh, or if you're black or Hispanic or something like that, because you know, or gay, because they want to help out those folks for whatever reason. All right, well, I'm going to go. You guys are awesome. Uh, thanks, Eat Aston. Somebody wrote, if you're hungry, you can always eat Aston. Uh, we're not that poor, fortunately. We're not doing as well on YouTube as we used to, but... Um, we still have a little bit of uh, income, um, even after taxes, which were brutal this year. Um, so anyway, if you want to join my Patreon, uh, <laughs> you can help us pay off our taxes. All, all right, uh, darling, I'm going to end the show. Do you want to say goodbye? Goodbye. All right. Uh, sorry for rambling on, but I do like talking about stories and writing sure. and all that stuff. But uh, absolutely true. But uh, I don't get to talk about it very often. But tomorrow it'll be exclusively news. I won't talk about my my glory days of failing in Hollywood. Um, we'll see you guys tomorrow. Thanks for watching. Toxic masculinity.